Welcome back, everybody, to the September 1st, 2023 edition of Devils Down Under. I am your host, Chris, alongside my colleague, Georgia, and I think we've got an interesting episode ahead for you guys. How are you today, Georgia? I am doing okay today. Just finished work, had my hockey lesson yesterday, and I am raring to go on this podcast. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. I'm uh, a little tired, but just another day that ends in Y. How did your lesson go yesterday? It was good. I didn't fall over. (laughs) So for those of you listening, I've just been taking ice hockey lessons for like the last four or five months and previously had hardly skated at all. So I am very much a beginner in in skating world, (laughs) but slowly learning how to do things. So uh, when are the Devils going to do tryouts in New Zealand is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Well, you know, I do have my Devils jerseys ready to go. Just need to pick a number, right? There you go. Well, today's episode uh, is going to be, I think, a little bit of a schedule breakdown. Uh, So we're going to go over the the, the national schedule and the the local schedule, and we're going to take a look at kind of how the, the, the schedule is structured uh, throughout the year. Um, we're going to go over some uh, predicted, uh, what we think are going to be the uh, likely uh, lines and pairings going into the season. Um, and then we will get into a little bit of a discussion about uh, Dawson Mercer's uh, contract since he will be coming off of his ELC this year or at the end of this year. And Georgia has a fun little game for us towards the end of the show or actually at the end of the show called Guess That Devil. And would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so given that I am still fairly new to watching uh, watching hockey and particularly watching the Devils, there's a lot of things that I don't know. Uh, and I love trivia. One of my favorite things is learning new facts and fun facts. So I thought it would be fun to have a little trivia segment where at the end of each show I give some facts about a random Devil player and... Then you, the listeners, and my co-host Chris can have a bit of a guess as to who it is that I'm talking about based off the the things that I say. And in the next episode, I give you the answer. So just a little fun little segment each show. I figured that this would be a a great segment for you to uh, advance your knowledge on the Devils and the history of the team. And uh, a good way to test my knowledge and... uh, uh, trivia on the history of the team so i think it's a win-win for everybody yeah there may be some fun things that i have found out about some players that you guys don't know about necessarily so we'll give it a go that sounds interesting and maybe i'll learn a few things too because i'm (laughs) certainly not an encyclopedia so exactly oh so with that uh let's get into it um i I think that the first thing that why we wanted to take a look at is uh we were george and i earlier were uh, looking over the 2023-2024 uh, schedule. And I, th- this was released a couple of months ago, um, but I hadn't really um, taken a really close look at it until recently. And when we were looking over the schedule for this year, we noticed one thing, and that's a lot of back-to-backs. Isn't that right? Mm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it compares to everyone else's schedules, but there are a lot of back-to-backs this year for the yeah, Devils, at so least. We have, uh, looking at the schedule, we have basically two back-to-backs every month with the exception of December where we have three. So we have 15 total back-to-backs this season. Um, A lot of them are home and aways or away and home. Um, The most egregious month, I think, aside from March and April, is looking at the schedule in December uh, when we we have the three back-to-backs. We have, uh, let's see, we have Columbus, we have we have an away Columbus, and then a home Anaheim. I'd actually, sorry, before that, we have a we have a Western uh, Western Conference trip. It's Calgary and Edmonton on a way away, back to back. Then we've got Columbus and Anaheim, mm-hmm. uh, the, literally the, the 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 next weekend. So when so we have two back to backs in the, in the span of ten, basically eight days, mm-hmm. uh, and then at the very last two days of the of the month, we have Ottawa and Boston back to back. Away. 
for both. Away. And the, yeah, and they're both away. And then we were also looking at April, March and April, where we come off of a back-to-back, have one day off, and then have to face Toronto twice in three days. Yeah. Well, we, is... we come off two back-to-backs. We have a back-to-back, two days off, another back-to-back, mm-hmm. one day off, and then Toronto off and Toronto again. Yeah. It's nuts. Right at the end of the season. I, I, I remember when this, when this schedule first got released, I kind of took a quick glance at it, and I, I remember uh, pe- seeing people in the comments talking about how many back-to-backs. I didn't realize it was th- this many. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy, they are really, uh, they're, they're, they're really testing the devils this year, I feel like, with this schedule. There's parts of it that are really brutal. Yeah. Now, thankfully, being in the metro, being in the, the northeast... Hopefully I've got my geography correct there. Um, <laughs> uh, we are fairly close to a bunch of teams. So a lot of the back-to-backs end up being just a small, like a bus trip kind of thing, as opposed to yeah, really the, long travel. Most of the Metro is, is pretty much a bus trip away from each other. A couple hour bus trip at most. So yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the most densely packed uh, division in the league. Yeah, but it's going to be a struggle when there's a long flight involved. Yeah, the we actually did surprisingly well last year on our Western uh, trips. Uh, I mean, w- w- at one point, w- w- what were you like, f- like fourteen and zero against the West or something like that? I think we eventually did end up losing a game. Yeah, uh, to there. I think it was it was the Pacific specifically. The Pacific was division is the division that we were like we had racked off a bunch of wins uh, early on. So I, obviously, every season is a new season, and I don't expect that to translate to this season. It's a you know. Our, our home and away records could swap this year and we could be better at home and, and not so great on the road. So we'll see. Um, one of the, I guess, th- depending on who you ask, uh, benefits of this is we have 16 nationally televised games this year. So the NHL is really, uh, really putting the spotlight on us this year. That's third. The only teams that have more than us are Edmonton at 18 and Colorado at 17. Um, this is the most nationally televised games I ever remember seeing in a single season for the devils so now the downside to that is of course that we're not going to have uh uh, 13 of those are exclusive which means we won't have bill and um dano for those we won't have the msg broadcast for those yeah i always miss them when we don't have them yeah tnt's broadcast is decent um but espn's is is terrible Uh, (laughs) i can't stand espn's and 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 that that actually reminds me opening night is an espn game so we're not going to get bill and dano on uh, opening i don't think unless that's not one of the exclusives i'll have to look but I, I thought i saw that all of the uh i think it was all of the tnt games are exclusive and only three of the espns are not i'll have to go back and take a look at that but yeah 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 we've got a lot of a lot of broadcast nationally broadcast games i think it's because there's a lot of expectations on us people are going to have eyes on us this year this season. yeah I- the the media's uh, the media's quite literally going to bandwagon us now. I feel like so, <laughs> get used to it. I don't. Sometimes it's sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's quite obnoxious. So, yep, this is what it's uh, this is what it's like to be at the top of the league. So, or at least expected to be at top of the, at the top of the league. Yeah, we've so. got a lot to lot of learning to do with this, huh? And that that also that schedule with you living in New Zealand, that schedule could be uh, quite difficult for you at times to be able to catch all of those games. Those back-to-backs are usually the hardest for you to catch. You usually almost always miss at least one of them. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to watch as many games as possible. If I can't watch the games, I'll, I'll at least be watching the highlights and looking at the statistics and things. So I have a lot to talk about when we do our podcast recapping each week. Um, but the the schedules are usually quite difficult for me being in New Zealand. Currently, it's four thirty five p.m. and what was a sixteen hour difference? Seventeen hour difference? Depends. Uh, right on... now it's sixteen. It's going to be seventeen soon when your time yeah. changes. It depends on daylight savings. But uh, yeah, usually the games run around one p.m. through till mm-hmm. four p.m. my time, and I do work, so I sometimes can watch during my work hours when I'm working from home, but not always. But not always, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully you'll be able to see as many as we can, as you can, and uh, we'll make it work. I'm sure you'll catch me up on anything I miss. Yeah, well, we'll have, a, like you said, we'll have highlights <laughs> and stuff that you can watch. So you, you, we won't keep you totally in the dark. <laughs> I got to have something to talk about in these podcasts. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the next thing um, that I wanted to move on to was um, 
kind of where we thought the team was going to be in terms of the the line combinations and the defensive pairings going into the season. Now, again, yours and mine could be very different based on if we have a differing opinion on guys like uh, Simon Nemec on, on you know whether or not he's going to make the squad. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at um, our projected lineups on daily faceoff, and uh, they've got our top line is Timo, Nico, and uh, Dawson Mercer on the top line. And the second line is Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, and Tyler Toffoli. I'm a little interested to see if Mercer, if they keep Mercer on the first line to start the season, or if they try mm-hmm. Toffoli up there or not. If it were me, I would probably, I would keep Mercer on the top line to start the season at least, just because uh, he and Nico had a lot of chemistry kind of building up there towards the end of this, or, you know, as the season progressed on. I agree, um, and I feel like I feel like Jack and Toffoli would be would be good together as well. Yeah, I could see that working. Toffoli is the kind of player that I I feel like as long as you surround him with really solid players, he's going to produce. And he didn't have really a lot of really solid players around him in Calgary, especially with all their injuries and all that other stuff going on. And he still produced. Now that was granted that was with him basically being, you know, on the first line. And so he was racking up a lot of minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I would expect his numbers to go down a little bit this year. Um, I, Probably, I don't. You know, I don't think he's going to eclipse seventy again. Um, I kind of have him penciled in, in in like the 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 sixty range, sixty point range, maybe sixty five. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they. The other thing too is Brat is certainly capable of of being a, a first line winger as well. So, I mean, do you try Mercer, Jack, and Toffoli on a line and, and bump Brat up? I don't really know. I don't think that that's really the route that I would go, but. I could see it happening. I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts on the top six there? I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how they play together. Uh, now, watching lines, uh, knowing the pairings, hasn't necessarily been uh, one of my main focuses previously. I've just been literally trying to learn the different players and their styles, let alone trying to figure out who's online with who. Um, so I don't have a lot of knowledge here, but uh, yeah. Was Timo in first line last year? He played. Um, he 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 was between second and first line. He played. He played a lot of both. Because mm, I'm wondering if they're going to switch that around again this year with a hill. They continuously they they had line. him and him and Brat uh, swapped uh, pretty frequently. They started. Uh, they started Timo and Nico together on the first line mm. because of that Swiss connection, and it didn't. It didn't produce immediate results. Not that Timo or Nico were playing poorly. It's just you know the the the. Number, the the, the goals and stuff weren't going in necessarily. Yeah. So then they bumped, uh, if I remember correctly, they bumped Brat back up and moved Timo down to the second line, which he was perfectly fine on as well. So I could, I could, I could certainly envision a scenario where Timo starts the season on the second line. I just have That's a feeling that wondering. they're going to, tr- I, yeah, I just have a feeling that they're going to retry that, uh, Timo and Nico connection on the first line and see if after, a, you know, a full off season together, a full training camp together, that they can, uh, m- make it work the way that they did at the world's. Yeah, so, that would be nice. It comes to the bottom six. Um, this is where there's that third line. So Daily Faceoff has the third line projected at Palat, Halla, and Holtz. Now, mm. this third line is could look quite different on the right side if Holtz once again fails to make the team. I don't see that happening unless he has a really bad training camp or preseason. I still think that they give him a shot regardless and see what he can do. My problem with Holtz is I'm, I do get a little concerned that he's the type of player that needs to be in the top six and he has done nothing to earn being at the kind of, kind of like Sharon Govich, you know? Um, yeah. So, and you can't justify bumping a Tyler Toffoli, I think down to the third line to accommodate him on the second line to see if, if, if he produces with the, with the right. So, I mean, maybe the solution is to put him on the second power play unit and let him see if he can get some, some, uh, some momentum going there. He's got a, I mean, he's got a wicked shot. He's just, his skating and, and his, and his puck vision seems to be like half a step behind where it needs to be, to be an NHL caliber player, at least at the, from what I've seen with the eye test, you know? He is projected to be on the second power play unit on daily face-off. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you have to play him on one of the power play units. If he's not going to be in the top six, five on five, then you've got to put him on one of the. You've got to mm-hmm. put him on one of the power play units. Otherwise, I think I think we're gonna. I think he's gonna flounder. Agreed. Um, 
And then the fourth line is kind of, you know, it's Lazar, McLeod, and Bastion. I mean, that's probably what it's going to be to start the season. You know, we don't know what's going to come out of the 2018 um, sexual misconduct uh, investigation for the for the, the, the Canada, uh, Team Canada. Mm-hmm. And McLeod was part of that team. We don't know anything. Uh, the NHL is still promising that it's going to be soon. They've been saying that for months. Who knows at this point when it's going to when it's going to happen. But I just have the, in the back of my mind, I'm just kind of preparing for, for the possibility that McLeod will not be, <laughs> will not be playing with us next year, or at the very least will not be playing to start the season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's and why we did pick up guys like Tierney and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you, you go for it. I was going to say something else. No, no, I was, I was, I was pretty much, I was just going to say that uh, we were, I mean, we, we, we picked up some depth guys that could, that could maybe fill that void on the fourth line. So I'm not too, I'm not really too, I'm not going to look too much into the fourth line. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how Lazar plays, was what I was going to say. So he's on that fourth line as well, and he only got a couple of games in with us last season. Uh, yeah, I felt bad for him. He got hurt like like two <laughs> games after he after he got I think here. It was, it was terrible. Four. I think he had four games with us total last season. Yeah, he played. I, th- I think he played a couple of games at the end of the season, too. I could be mistaken, but I yeah. thought he played uh, like one. I think he, I thought he snuck like one game in right at the end of the regular season, but I, I could yeah. be wrong. But like the combination of it taking a long time for him to go from Canada to to America, and then his his wife uh, and their baby having some problems there, um, yeah. which seems to will be good now from what I've heard. But uh, yeah, he just had some bad luck with the injury as well, and couldn't he did. Really play. I'll be looking forward to uh, seeing a full season from him this year, uh, especially when he's had a, uh, a full training camp and all that with us. So, yeah. But I he think so I think it's pretty to safe to say. Too, from, yeah, from I think it's pretty safe to say that he's going to be penciled in on the fourth line. I, I would yeah. not. I would not expect him to be sitting on the bench too often. But you know, you never know. Crazy, the crazier things have happened. Guys have come into camp and and just put on a clinic and have kind of forced the hand of the coaching staff. So. If we move on to the defensive pairings, this is, I think, a little... I, I think what makes this interesting is Luke Hughes, and I guess by extension, yes. Nemec as well. But I still think that Nemec probably starts the year in the AHL because the Devils don't seem to be in a rush to get him up, and they shouldn't be. So I think I think that the pairings are probably a little bit more set in stone with the exception of where do you play Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, so the projected pairings... The projected top pairing is Siegenthaler and Hamilton. I don't see that. I, I don't see that changing. That was that that I agree. pairing. That pairing worked well for us the vast majority of the season. And Dougie is obviously the best defenseman we have in terms of in terms of production. Yes. Um, so you, you play him on the first pairing. Now the projected for the second pairing at the moment is something I don't know if I necessarily agree with in terms of the his placement. But you got Luke Hughes and John Marino. This one's mm-hmm. a little bit weird because Kevin Ball, I still think, is kind of on that fringe of second pairing. Like he's still probably a third pairing defenseman, but I think if he continues to to progress like he like he did last year, um, he could certainly move up into that second spot. But I, I I would caution anybody wanting Luke to be played with uh, somebody like Kevin Ball at the moment. Uh, I think he needs to be paired with a Marino, a veteran. He's got to be. Yeah, he's got to be either agreed. paired with Smith or Marino, and I think Marino is the good, uh, is the perfect defensive complement to him. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good at the moment having him projected on that second line, uh, the second pairing. It, 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 it. I think it will be okay, but it might just depend on how Luke plays the first few games, and then they might switch him down to the, that third pairing and switch Ball up to the second pairing with Marino and have Hughes with Smith on the third. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. It might depend on how training camp goes as well. Yeah, I still think uh, I still think that Luke and Marino have to be have to be glued together at least to start. Now, if it doesn't, you know, if, if ten games into the season it's not working, or even less than that, mm-hmm. uh, then you then you switch it up. But I think that's the smart, and I'm pretty sure that's what they who they played him with when he uh, in the playoffs and at the end of the regular season last year. I'm pretty sure he was paired with Marino. I think so. Yeah. And that, now, I mean, power, that worked out well for, worked out yeah. for Luke. <laughs> the power play units, I'm not going to spend too much time on them. The first power play unit should be should be Timo, Nico, Jesper, uh, Dougie, and Jack. I don't think there's really any debate about that. 
uh, you know, maybe maybe you throw a Toffoli in there at one point and throw a Brad down on the second power play unit to maybe try and, and stretch the talent out a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, to start the season, I mean, that was pretty much our first. Once Timo got here at the end of last season, uh, that was pretty much the the first power play unit. So I can't yeah. see that changing too much. Second power play unit, I mean, probably you got Mercer. Uh, do you throw a Luke on there? I think you probably give him a shot on the second power play. And again, uh, if Holtz makes the team, I think you got to put him on the second power play unit. He's got a wicked shot. He's got a the shot's the best part of his game. So you yeah, got to let sure. him try and showcase that. And you can't you can't justify leaving Toffoli out of it either. So. Um, yeah, I think our second power play unit is probably looking like Toffoli, Mercer, Holtz, Luke, <laughs> and maybe Palat as the defensively responsible forward. Yeah, um, I now can that see Sh- that. Now that Sharon Govich is gone, um, ordinarily you'd probably put Sharon Govich in that spot, but he's not here anymore. So, And I feel like that would work well with, with Luke on that power play unit being a rookie defenseman. If he makes a little bit of a mess up there, if he's the only defenseman on there, then Palat can kind of help fill that void defensively a little bit even though he's a forward yep um, when it comes to the penalty kill units i don't think you change much at all if at all from last year other than the loss of uh sharon govich um, yes i think your first i think your first pk is nico hall uh siegenthaler and marino and mm-hmm. i think I, I think daily faceoffs pretty much on the money with that one and second one mercer bastion ball and smith eh, i'm not so sure how i feel about uh smith on there but he wasn't terrible as a penalty killer for us last year so we'll see but i don't i don't know i don't know if you have anything to add to that but i don't really have much to say about the penalty kills at the moment no neither do i i think those Uh, are kind of i think those are just kind of you know status quo for this year so yeah who have we got of our main as our main face-off players these days still i mean our best face-off technically our best face-off player is absolutely uh mcleod he is. Yeah, uh, he was uh, top five in the league last year in faceoff mm-hmm. percentage. I don't remember where he was in the top five, but I know he was top five. I think he was third. So it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Um, he's easily. Nico's pretty good at faceoffs. I think he was above fifty percent this year. We you brought know, on someone ja- new that was on, better, wasn't it? It's honestly. Uh, yes. Uh, oh my god. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Tierney. Is decent. He can, you know, he can play center if need be. He's decent at faceoffs. <laughs> That's the one part of Jack's game that I really, I really <laughs> hope he improves upon this year. He was like thirty. He was hovering in the thirties all season, I think, on his faceoff percentage, which is yeah. not good for a for a number two C. Um, that's definitely the weakest <laughs> that's at this point definitely the weakest part of his game. Is if if he if he could get that even to like forty eight. 47 somewhere in that range i mean that would be hugely beneficial to us mm. um, because usually we have to pull, we have to move them over to the wing on those important face-offs and have someone else come in and take the which you know again it's not that it didn't work at times especially uh when the power there were there were points in the season when the power play was cooking but yeah if yeah. I had one wish, I, 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 I could wish that Jack Hughes please get a little better on faceoffs. Just, just you know, even like a even like a five percent point, just uh, a smidge. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, a little bit. It'll help us out a lot. So I think, uh, you know, like we said before, I think that's pretty. Our, our team is pretty much set, with the exception of quite a couple questions in terms of Nemich and Holtz. So um, those are pretty much what the lines and the pairings I think are going to look like this year. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about Nemich coming in, but if he comes in, where do you think he'll, where do you think he'll slot into? I mean, he's got to be on the third pairing, I would imagine, to start at least. Um, so that probably bumps, that probably Ball bumps a Smith, Smith out. Smith. I don't yeah. think Ball gets bumped. Uh, I think Ball because because Ball is a good shutdown defenseman. Or at he least is, at yeah. least he's he's looking like he's going to turn into a really good shutdown defenseman. And he's a he's a bigger dude too, so. Yeah, if he could size, start throwing the body around the a little bit more, and he he was showing it at the end of last season, he was starting to he was starting to use the body a little bit more and get a little bit more physical. That would be huge for us. So I don't think balls going anywhere. Um, so I think the only person that he that that Nemich could conceivably bump out of the lineup at this point is Smith, hmm. and then Smith would just become the seventh D, basically. I so. guess we're saying we hope that he doesn't drop the ball. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, I I'm going to try and board right now. I'm going to try and sneak one in every episode. <sighs> I was not made aware of this game. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to uh, 
probably the next contract, not not probably, definitely the next contract that we're going to have to concern ourselves with, and that's Dawson Mercer. So right now, Mercer yes. is on an entry-level contract. Um, this is the final year of his entry-level contract, so this will be the final year that we get to enjoy him for really cheap. Mm-hmm. He is definitely going, unless something catastrophic happens this season or he misses, God forbid he misses ha- uh, half the season or a whole season because of injury, um, he's going to get a pretty significant pay raise. Now, our current cap situation isn't great in the sense that we only have like a million and a half in cap space. But we've got everybody pretty much on either ELCs or lockdown long term. So yes. it's not a problem at the moment. And the cap is projected to go up, as we've discussed before, quite a bit, starting next summer. So yeah. the question is, is, do you try and do you, do you go? Does just do if you're Tom Fitzgerald, do you go the Jack Hughes route, where you sign him now to a long-term deal, and just expecting that he's going to turn into the player that you project him to be, and do you take that risk, or do you give him a bridge deal? I don't like bridge deals. I know we you talked about that a little bit with the last in the last episode, the bridge deals. The bridge deals scare you... me because because if, if if it's a high quality NHL player, it almost always walks them either to free agency or like a year before their free agency, and then the contract that you could have gotten them for three years ago or four years ago has now increased by fifty percent. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at uh look at Nylander. You know, a couple of years ago, they probably could have had him for eight at eight. But then the price tag went up because they didn't want to offer eight by eight a few years ago. And now he wants eight by ten or whatever it is. You know, there have been reports that that's what he's asking for. So I I think if you're Tom, I think if you're Fitzgerald, it sounds feels weird calling him Tom. I think if you're Fitzy, (laughs) you you take another gamble like you did with Jack and kind of like you did with Nico a couple of years prior. But there's also that part of me that thinks, boy, but that at some point that's going to backfire. Yeah. You can't keep doing that all the time. It's some, And I, I don't think it's going to because Mercer, the way Mercer, he's got everything. He can do everything. There's yeah. nothing about his, he passes the eye test. His five on five stats look good. His his his, his advanced stats look good. Um, there's nothing about him, about him or his game that indicates that he's going to suddenly drop off. He didn't even have the sophomore slump that a lot of players have. Mm. So... Um, I think you take that chance. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And also just from everything that I've seen, he seems to really, really enjoy the team. He and he seems to enjoy playing for the Devils and playing alongside the likes of Jack and having Nico as the captain and everyone else that's on the team. So I know that doesn't necessarily factor into everything, but it might it might help him be more likely to, to take a contract with New Jersey, even if he does get a bridge deal um, and then see what happens when it comes to free agency. I mean, Fitzy has been selling this whole, you know, nobody can take the entire cake. You know, if you don't leave any crumbs, if you don't leave any, if you don't leave anything left, then, then we can't, there's nothing left to, to build around you. So, uh, Mercer seems like a good, I, I hesitate to call him a kid because he's technically an adult, but um, 21. Gotta I'm be 13 year, if- I'm 13 years older than him, so he feels like a kid to me. Uh, <laughs> boy, that's depressing to think about. Anyway. I mean, he was born October 27th, 2001, so yeah. <laughs> a post 9-11 baby. That's crazy. I didn't want to say yeah. that, but you know. No, I mean, that's that's pretty much kind of how, how us uh, middle-aged millennials uh, <laughs> gauge that metric in the U.S. nowadays. It's, are you a pre-9-11 baby or a post-9-11 baby? So Technically but, an adult, but still a kid in all of our minds in, in mm. that regard, at least for a few more years. Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, I, I think, um, what what is it, what does an extension look like? I mean, at this point, I mean, my dream deal for him, if it's going to be an eight-year, a full-blown eight-year extension, would be eight times seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. I don't... Th- he's only 21, and he's going into his age 22 season, and so he still has a ton of room to grow, and I think, and I've said this before, I, I think we're only scratching the surface with him. What, what, but with that being said, I think at this exact juncture... You don't you, you don't justify giving him more than Nico, and you certainly don't justify him getting more than Jack. 
So is eight by seven probably a little unrealistic, especially with the cap going up and players knowing that the cap is going to go up. So they're going to, you know, those salaries are going to start inflating. It's probably pretty unrealistic, but that's that's my dream number. It's probably not going <laughs> to. But you know what? Fitz has surprised me before, so we'll True. see. But I think, yeah. um, and, and if it's going to be a bridge deal, I mean, if I, I I hate bridge deals a lot of the time, especially when it's your own team. But, I mean, maybe four at six? Yeah. Uh, would I? Th- but, but again, that's going to walk him like really close to free agency. I think he would still have two years left. Of, no, actually, they could only have one year left of RFA. So, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not an NHL GM, so. But, <laughs> yeah. Bridge deals, bridge music deals scare me, but I think four, four see, at just six send or us four an e- six email and a half, and tell maybe. Us your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so... Yeah, we'll see. Uh, he's definitely we're not. I can't see us trading him or anything. And I, I don't think no. that the contract uh, situation is going to turn into a big problem. He doesn't seem like the type of player that is going to be demanding an unreasonable amount. So no. or or trying to drag it out for for every dollar that it's worth. So um, we'll see. I mean, I, you I, never I, know. He <laughs> may, but I don't. I don't think. Well, that's it, the sort it, of person it he honestly is. depends on what his agent puts in his head. You know, I mean. True. The agents certainly have a little bit of a bias in that, too, because the more money that their player makes, the more money they make. <laughs> so. True. Yeah. So moving on, I think the next really the only other major looming question that I have going into this season is what does the defense look like on the ice? And do they take a step a little bit of a step back with the loss of Severson and Graves, both very solid defenders um, mm. who will be missed. And I, you know, I would have loved to have kept both of them, but it just didn't make sense financially. So, you know, you got Luke coming in his first full season. You know, is there a little bit of a step back as he kind of, you know, learns the ropes and kind of gets settled in? And, you know, I think probably a little bit, but I'm counting on Marino and Seeks to, I mean, they're both pretty young, so it's possible they could they could you know have an even better year this year than they did last year. Yeah, and they both kind of they did slow down. They, you know they started off really good, and they both kind of slowed down a little bit as the season went on. But I think that's kind of natural, especially for younger teams. It's a long season, you know. You just sometimes you slow down. We know that Marino dealt with some a couple of minor injuries uh, in the season, so I'm, I'm not too worried about them. I think they'll both be fine. But I think I think yeah. it's fair to say that the defense probably analytically anyway takes a little bit of a step back uh initially to start the season or maybe maybe all year they do you know maybe maybe the defense takes a step back but scoring goes up and that can compensate for it so hopefully that compensates for it and hopefully it's okay in regards to our goaltending being not the greatest in the league it's not terrible but it's not the greatest in the league we had about league uh, average last year and look and it got yeah. us pretty far so i think as long as we can get league average goaltending again now the playoffs are a different scenario you can't um you can't i know vegas kind of proved that you don't need to have elite goaltending to to win a stanley cup mm-hmm. but i do th- still think that elite goaltending matters in the playoffs uh big time so and we uh, yeah. also proved that if someone has elite goaltending that does doesn't necessarily get them past the first round yeah, I mean, Shesterkin, exactly. <laughs> I mean, perfect example. I mean, he was he certainly was not the reason why the Rangers lost that series against us. It was not it was not Igor's fault. So yeah, um, yeah. I think as I think again, as long as we can get league average goaltending, um, I'm excited to see what Schmid brings to the table this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a little bit about it last episode. You know, does he does he usurp Vitek at some point during the season and? Um, take over the starting goalie job or or at least force it into a 1A 1B situation as opposed to a uh, a 1 and a 2 situation like it is now. Yeah. That was my prediction. I'm thinking that that'll be a little bit more 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a, it's a very reasonable uh prediction to have. I mean, I could totally see that happening by the end of the season, mm. especially especially if Schmidt plays to we saw he I mean he wasn't like tearing the roof down but he showed flashes last year especially in the playoffs of being a really 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 good starting goalie so yeah. um again you know if we can get league average i think we'll be okay uh if we can get better than league average even better that'd be nice <laughs> it would certainly be nice. that's the hope <laughs> 
Uh, it was general manager Fitzgerald's uh, birthday on the 20th. I almost said 29th birthday. <laughs> uh, 29th? It, it was his wow, birthday on the 29th, GM. yes. He turned uh, 50, was it 50, 55? 55. I think it was actually 55. on the 28th, technically. Was it 28th? I might have gotten the date wrong. 28th, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? It was probably, uh, you, I think you put in here that you're 29th. My 29th. Yeah, that's okay. Yes. No problem. Apologies. Uh, I have being a, I have a day a, ahead, I get the dates wrong of things. I have a little bit of a run sheet that I'm looking at here uh, as we structure the episode. And uh, <laughs> we got the New Zealand date for his birthday. In in most of the rest of the world, it was uh, Fitzy's birthday on the 28th. So happy birthday, Fitzgerald. Uh, hopefully he is our general manager for a long time to come. Um, he has been fantastic. Uh, thus far, you had some facts and discussion, I think, that you wanted to bring to the table about Fitzy. Oh, no, I just wanted to talk a little bit about his career in the NHL, given that he's our GM and it was his birthday. Why don't we just talk about him a little bit? Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. was he so he was a player for a very long time. Uh, he played, I think, 17, 17, 17 seasons, mostly with the Islanders and the Penguins, I believe. Or sorry, not the Islanders. Uh, he did play for the Islanders, but most of his career was spent with the Panthers and the uh, the the Predators. Flames. So so he was he was with the Islanders for five-ish seasons, with the Flames for a five, Colorado for one, uh, Nashville for four... Four. Chicago, yep. then a couple in Toronto, then one in Boston. He's been a little bit all over the place. Yeah, he was a little bit of a journeyman, although uh, uh, still probably less so than other more famous journeymen. But yeah, you could say he was a little bit more of a journeyman. He was a right winger. Uh, he was never like a, a super offensively gifted player, uh, but he was he was he he was uh, kind of like a what's a player I could compare him to? Kind of like a. Um, like an A Bashan. Like I mean, he was probably a little bit more offensively gifted than Nate, but he's a lot like Nate in the sense that you're not you know, you can't expect a ton of points out of him, but mm-hmm. he's gonna be defensively responsible, he's gonna uh, play hard on the puck, you know, all of those things. So um his playing career he had a very long playing and, and, and this has been said before, if you can if you can if you can become a solid like like penalty killer, um, strong on the puck defensively sound forward you you will have mm-hmm. a job in the national hockey league because th- there will be a team that that will want you on their fourth or maybe even their third line yeah so yeah he carved himself out a nice 17 year career uh playing he was also one of the original florida panthers in the 93 expansion draft yeah he was also nashville's um first ever captain uh when they first came into the league uh their general manager david poyle who just retired this year uh made him their first captain and that's yeah. why we had that 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 nice little swap of seventh rounders at the end of the draft this year, because it was David Poyle's last official trade as the general manager of the Predators, as he you know right before he retires. So I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of nice that it was like first captain of, of of the team that he had been the general manager of the their the entire their entire existence uh, mm. up until this year. Nashville's never had known another GM other than David Poyle. So. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought that was thought that was a really nice gesture at the draft. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about it was sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I just thought it was interesting that he was one of the original Panthers because isn't isn't he related to? Yeah, he's uh he's related to the Kachucks. One of the Kachucks. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. related. To, uh, I think he is a cousin of some sort. Yeah, one of one distant. I think his I think it's his cousins. Yes, uh, Keith. Yeah, Keith Kachuk is is uh, is Fitzy's cousin. So that's, so that's how kind of cool related. that family connection to the to yeah. the Panthers there. I mean, we almost he tried he tried trading for Kachuk reportedly last year, so uh, last <laughs> off season. So, oh, that would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the, I don't know how um, I don't know how that would have gone down. I think we would have had to give up some pieces that we didn't necessarily want to give up in a trade for Kachuk. Yeah. So, but you know, as a um, as an executive, uh, he actually originally was the director of player development for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think he took that job over in 2007. Yes. Um, and he was with them for a while. Uh, he was yeah. with them until uh, uh, Ray. So 
Lou Lamorella stepped down in 2015, mm-hmm. and Ray Shero was named general manager of the Devils, um, and he brought in Fitzgerald as his assistant general manager in 2015. And then when yeah. Ray Shero was fired um, in 2020, which that was a we can do it. We could actually probably do a whole episode on that. It was a very strange day because. Shero had done, you know, and we, we have a lot of really important pieces on the team, thanks to Shero, and I, everyone, I think everyone had thought he had done a pretty good job of rebuilding the team up to that point. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, he got he got fired, strangely, um, and uh, Fitzgerald was named interim GM in 2020, and then he, we basically finished the season with him as interim GM, and then by the start of the following season, he was named our permanent GM. So, and that's, that's where we're at now. Yeah. I know. So only 55 years old, probably got a lot of hockey GMing in him left. And that's a good thing. Cause I like what I see. He so seems far. to be, he seems to have been doing such a great job this, this last season, particularly. Oh, I mean, he's been doing yeah. a good job for the last few years. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. But particularly just all of these re-signing and extensions of these contracts and the prices that they've been going for. Prices, mm-hmm. I guess that's the one way to phrase it. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's uh, he's great to have as part of the team and has been for the last eight years. So happy birthday, Fitzy. Hope it was a good one. Happy and, birthday. Uh, <laughs> let's go Devils. The, the last thing I wanted to touch on before we get into Guess That Devil. I'm sorry, you were going to say something? I was just going to say, maybe Fitzy, though, like fix your camera angle when you do your... Oh, my God, his camera angle is... Uh, is <laughs> when you uh, do your video conferencing. He's doing his press conferences are funny. He's got that boomer, uh, very down low, like looking up at his chin kind of kind of angle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amusing. amusing. To be fair, a lot of players seem to do that, too. I think it's because they're just sitting on laptops and they're just using whatever webcams on the laptop, but still. Oh, the funniest thing when the, when the players are on the press, press conferences is when you can tell that they're, like, sitting on the floor somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, the last thing that I wanted to get into before we get into our uh, new segment, Guess That Devil, is um, mm-hmm. so The Athletic put out a uh, confidence ranking for 2023 yes. it's about how uh, fans feel about their uh, their team's front offices so the coaching staff the the general like just the, the general manager's office all of that the scouting all of that and the devils this year were ranked number one on that list we jumped up from 11th last year yes um and uh they they put up like a scorecard it kind of looks like a like a school report card and it, it basically gives you a letter grade from a to f in roster building, cap management, draft and development, trading, free agency, vision, and then like a total rating that's kind of an aggregate of all of those. And they're broken mm-hmm. up into two categories. The public rating, so hockey fans that are not necessarily fans of the Devils, uh, and then the fan base itself. And we have straight A's across the board. Our lowest mark in any category is an A- minus in team vision by the fan base, and draft and development by a uh, is, is also an A- minus by the fan base. And I would mm-hmm. go ahead and take a guess... That the reason that that draft and develop is an A minus and not an A is Holtz because I think there's some yeah. question marks about him at this point because he was a seventh overall pick. So I I will just add you you said um, with our lowest rating is the team vision with an A minus as well uh, that is still the highest ranked out of all of them uh, in terms of that we're still first in that in that list. Oh yeah, so in terms of even uh, though we're still yeah yeah I see what you mean we're we're it's, it's we're still the the top rated team by the fan base in team vision. Yeah. And in the league, it's just our our lowest in terms of the general scorecard. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I think uh, you have to pretty much get a perfect five on that for that to be an a, I'm not sure exactly how they rank that, but yeah. Uh, Either way. um, I think it is. So so the the overall score that we basically were given was an a plus. Um, I completely Mm -hmm. agree uh, with this, with this ranking. I have the utmost confidence in the, uh, front office from uh, Tom Fitzgerald all the way on down. Um, you know, maybe do I have some questions about is Lindy really the guy to to to, to win us a cup? Uh, sure, but like we just had a fantastic season, and I'm not going to rag on the guy. Like we've n- we have no reason to believe that we're not going to have another great season. So, uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I mean, f- full steam ahead. 
when it comes to the conference yeah. going forward. I, I think the only thing that super would really shake exciting. it this year is if we had a super like for some God forbid we somehow missed the playoffs or something. Unless it was due to yeah. injuries, like insane amount, like like Calgary this year, who's just riddled with injuries oh, uh, all year, yeah. or or Columbus. Columbus was actually I think even worse than Calgary in terms of injuries. So uh, yeah, I it's think always it was... disappointing when injury gets in the way of things because that's I mean obviously it's preventable in in some regard. You can try and prevent it as much as possible, but there's certain things that happen that are freak accidents or freak injuries or just someone rolls their ankle the wrong way or something like that that. It's not necessarily anyone's fault, and it can just cause your season to go away. But uh, yeah, aside from that, everything's looking really positive. It creates a big what if when you have a season riddled with injuries. Uh, though those yeah. are the worst. I, I would almost rather underperform than have a season yeah. where all where everybody that you expected to 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 be there and to contribute to a really su- su- successful season. Uh, be injured like that's just it's just demoralizing yeah. we, we've been through many seasons like that as devils fans where it was just injury after injury after injury and it was like my god when does it stop um, i mean i think that was kind of similar the first season that i watched a couple of seasons ago and that was when jack hughes had his shoulder injury yeah he's had a separated shoulder yeah against the kraken mm. yeah that was that was hard because i i was that was my first season watching the devils and didn't really get to see a whole lot of Jack until the second half, I think it was. Yeah. Or was it the first half that he played and then was off the second half? Uh, he played like he played like 15 games to start the season or something like that. Then he got hurt. Then he missed a big chunk of the middle of the season. And then he came back for the mm. last like month or uh, two months or something like that. I can't remember the exact That's timeline, right. but yeah. Because yeah. he started off that season really hot. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And then yeah. it was like, fuck, man. You know, like... <laughs> And then, and then, of course, there's always the concern. You know, how's he going to look when he comes back? Is he is he yeah. going to is he is he going to is he going to come back to form? Is he going to struggle? Uh, there was a little bit of concern with that when he first got hurt because when he came back, he he was a little slow. Not, I wouldn't say slow, but you know, it took him some time. He uh, was he was kind of a little bit more ginger in his movements. He yeah, was, he, he moved a little bit more gingerly and was a lot more careful. He didn't throw his body around. Well, he I mean, he's not generally the type of player that's going to do that anyway. But <laughs> No, I know. But he also generally tried to stay away from taking hits and things as well. And yeah. you could see sometimes other players tried to target him a little bit. But um, I remember yeah, us wincing happen. a whole lot every time that happened. Or he could be like Nico Heischer when um, Truba uh, targeted him in that one game in the regular season. And he just dodged him and Truba went flying into the boards. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good laugh at that one. That was a good one. That was the highlight of the week for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we've pretty much gone through everything we wanted to go through today. So that means that we are going to move on to George's brand new segment. Guess, Guess that devil. Devil. That was really lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make up some kind of weird soundboard thing we'll, that we can do for yeah. something. I was going to say, we'll commission someone to create a little jingle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, so hit so, me with it. Yeah. So at the start, like I said, uh, I'm going to give a couple of quick little sentences about a devil's player. Most of the time it'll be a former devil's player, but occasionally I might sprinkle in a current one um, with just a couple of sentences about their time at the devils and any vaguely notable things that they might have done with the idea that Chris and you guys that are listening will guess who that is. Now, I won't give the answer today, so you'll have to tune in next week for the answer yeah we'll but. we'll reveal the answer at the beginning of the following episode so the idea is we'll do this yeah uh we'll do this once a week every episode every, every episode um and then we'll do it at the we'll do we'll do the segment we'll do the guess that devil uh trivia at the end of the episode and then we'll reveal the answer the following week at the beginning of that week's episode mm-hmm. now so this one i i will give you a warning it's probably not going to be the di- most difficult one because i wanted to go with kind of gauging the expectations of what what I'm going to say. So hopefully it's going to be fairly easily guessable, I hope. Um, All right, lay it on me. (laughs) Okay. This devil was drafted 18th overall by the New Jersey Devils in 1982. He played for 20 seasons before he retired. I know who this is. He's a much... 
He's a much-loved defenseman who still plays a big role in the Devils franchise, and he will won the Bill Masterton Trophy after the Devils' Stanley Cup win in 2000. All right. I know who this is right <laughs> off the bat, but that's okay. <laughs> I will withhold saying who it is until next week. Okay. If there's anybody listening, yeah. uh, feel free to send us an email and tell us who you think it is. Or tweet it at us. Or tweet it at us, at ddu underscore pod on twitter x whatever you want to call it uh Mm -hmm. email is devils down under podcast at gmail.com you can send us suggestions feedback answers to the trivia there uh one Mm -hmm. other thing i wanted to touch on is this is the last episode that will be kind of weirdly placed in regards to the previous episodes our first three are going to kind of come in quick succession to each other but after this episode airs we will um, have one episode every week, and it will release every Friday, except in New yes. Zealand. I guess that's technically Saturday there, but most My places Saturday. in the world, it'll be every <laughs> Friday that this will go out uh, from here on out. Yes. And I think the next couple of weeks, maybe not this next week, but the week after, we'll be talking a lot more about the training camp and things, any news that comes out of that, I believe. Yeah, once once training camp and uh, preseason gets up and running, uh, we'll start uh, kind of doing some very brief overviews of some of the games and stuff like that and how, how some of the players are looking in camp. Yeah. And then once the regular season starts, we will do a weekly recap of um, the uh, news, previous, games, news, everything. Yeah, pre- previous week's games, news, uh, any kind of NHL or Devils talking points. Uh, I guess kind of uh, the hockey guy style, but not 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 nearly as engaging. I would imagine. <laughs> I would never put hey, myself we in the might same. Be engaging. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, with that, we appreciate you so much for listening. And again, you can follow us on Twitter and other social media. We're, we're going to get some other social media up uh, very soon. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. you can follow us for now on Twitter slash x at ddu pod and send us emails at devils down under podcast at gmail dot com. And with that. My name is Chris. Thank you so much for joining. My name's Georgia. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys.